0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 357, The Mandalorian, Season 2.
1: Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers.
0: (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien?
1: The truth is out there. I am your father's
0: best friend, Farmer. Superman.
1: Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard
0: versus Captain Kirk. Around in sci fi and forgot the very first thing that God did so why is was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Alien Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Strangers and Alien Podcast. It's a podcast where we take a look at science fiction and fantasy, which are things that we enjoy in our life. And then we also take a look at the life stuff, the faith stuff, the Christianity and spirituality stuff, which are things that that's how we live our life. And hopefully that's how we are uh, directing our life. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about what is the way, Steve? Yeah.
1: What, what is that way?
0: way? Yeah. Is it a about...
1: way or is it just a way? <laughs>
0: We're going to talk about the Mandalorian and it's me and Steve. Uh Evan is uh with family right now and Otherwise so we're going to Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian just the two of us. Season 2 and I think that there's some interesting things that we can pull from with this season and I think that there's some interesting um spiritual elements here uh-huh. in this in this season and they may not be spiritual elements that you look at and say, yes, that's how we should live, or that's a great, a great metaphor for, for Christian life. Uh, might be the, the negative side of it, but, right. but I, I think there's some interesting things here in this season. Uh, so just know we are going to be talking about specific things in season two. Of the Mandalorian, I don't anticipate we're going to play a spoiler organ because there's just not much to talk about if we if we aren't talking about spoilers. Yeah. So, I mean, if so, you
1: haven't seen it, go watch it now if you're that interested in it, and then come back. And if you're not that interested in it, then listen to our commentary on it, and then you won't have to go see it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and to go a little bit f- just one step further than that i i do believe this is a really good series there's some cool things that happen in this series and really we said it before with the uh season one if you like star wars you're probably gonna like the mandalorian and right. there are some people who say you know the mandalorian is is finally getting real star wars back you know yeah, this a lot is, of this people is,
1: think this is it
0: this is getting the real Star Wars back, and the sequel trilogy. You know, we can finally move on and 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 not be so angry about the sequel to our trilogy because we have this. Yeah. This is in our hands.
1: Because someone worked on the sequel trilogy, and then there was another person that worked on it, and then it was the first person again, and that yeah. was all like higgledy piggledy. And this one, it's like one person.
0: That's right. It's this one's just piggledy. It's not higgledy. Yeah, it's just and, piggledy. So I obviously, you know, you can tell from the tone of our voices, um, although I think that the meaning is the same, the direction that Steve and I are coming from might be a little bit different because <laughs> I I like the sequel trilogy. And so I'm saying it from the point of view of, yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. You finally have some Star Wars back that you actually like. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Um, whereas Steve's looking at it and saying, yeah, you know, I, I didn't didn't super like it. So nope. I'm gonna Nope.
1: Still praying for you, Ben. Yeah. So.
0: It is unfortunate. Like I do see people complaining or, or saying just how, how much they hate parts of this uh the sequel trilogy. And I and I just have to say I I I feel bad for you. You know, like I didn't see this hateful movie. Uh I saw something that I kinda enjoyed. It's like right. Wonder Woman and Evan, you know? Like I would have loved <laughs> to have seen the same Wonder Woman 1984 yeah. that he saw because that's kind yeah. of what I was hoping for. And instead yeah. the way I saw it, it, it was not that it was not.
1: No, it wasn't. And for me, Star Wars, you know, it, it's not like I was like, you uh, know, George Lucas is the only one that can write good Star Wars because what really got me off of the Star Wars jag is episode three where I saw that and I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, if, if this is in all of a sudden I was like putting things together and things just started not to make sense at that point. And it just carried on into, you know, I didn't watch much of the cartoons. I didn't watch, um, you know, I don't even know what else was out. <laughs> and it, it was even to the point where, you know, we, as a family before covid would go and see the big you know the 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 Star Wars movie or the the Marvel movie or whatever and for the last couple of Star Wars movies my wife was like you know okay well we're all going on you know on Friday and I'd be like okay well, I'll you know see you guys you know when you get back and she's like you're not coming and, I, and she's like you're joking you and people thought I was joking because I used to be like the Star Wars guy And, um, and it was, it just, it was to the point where I I didn't really want to see them.
0: What's funny about that is like, it wasn't even necessarily that you were the star Wars guy. For me, it was like, dude, you're doing a podcast with me about this, right?
1: (laughs) Well, you're going to go see
0: it, right? You're going to go see it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I think, and I think for that, I would have, you know, gone to see it at some point, but it's not like I, I felt like. I needed to be there opening night or skip work or you know something right. Like that. cause I you mean, couldn't I, be I, in the vehicle was, with
0: us on opening yeah. night. And that's when that yeah. episode was recorded. It was the the follow-up episode that we included you in on, so
1: right. yeah. and I mean, because for for number three, I made sure I had half a day of work, and i I, I got out of work at like noon. I waited in line. Um, I was, I brought a chair, I brought snacks, I brought a, like a video player to, I mean, this was back when you couldn't buy tickets and, you know, just waltz in at any time. And at one point, my mom came down to spot me in line so I could go use the bathroom and, and, you know, grab something to eat for dinner and stuff. And, and, you know, it it was going to start at seven o'clock. And I mean, it was, it was an event. I was interviewed for the local newspaper because i was the first one in line and i mean it was that was like a high point of my life up until i actually saw the movie um and then i was like
0: (laughs) i miss those days somewhat and now it's not just it's not just we're in a different era although we are but i i'm glad we're in a different era because i'm in a different era in my body (laughs) <laughs> and and the yeah. the, the going in, and staying in line for for four hours, five hours, or whatever it might yeah. be, and, um, yeah, the, they were fun, especially if you were with the right people. It mm-hmm. just sounds like it was just you.
1: Uh, uh, more people came, but I was the first one there, and then because
0: we would always do it as as a group.
1: Yeah, and... but I mean, it the, the other people didn't take half the day. I I basically said, I'll save you guys. You know, I'll save your space in line because I'll be the first one there. And then they just filtered in when they could. But, yeah, that was me.
0: So, okay, let's talk about The Mandalorian, though. Quickly, non-spoiler, anything else to say other than you should probably watch it if you like Star Wars. And if you don't like Star Wars, there's still some cool stuff going on and some fun character stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if you like this show, you should probably see it because there, it it's, it's conversational. I mean, it, it's in the zeitgeist. So people are talking about it. And, you know, if you want to be conversant with those types of people, then, you know, you just sort of have to see it. Um, and it's, there's a lot of stuff in there that as, as Christians, we can use these things sort of like touchstones, jumping off points to talk about, Uh, Christianity with people. If they're, you know, they're so wrapped up in in something that's non-Christian and that's what their life is about, you know, you might want to say, hey, you know, the the Mandalorian has, you know, his code, the way, you know, what, what would you consider your way to be? And, you know, open it up that way and just, and then all of a sudden, hmm, that's interesting. You know, there's, there's another way.
0: (laughs) Um, We need to talk about his way because. There's things to talk about. So, like I said, we're not playing the spoiler organ for this episode, Um, partially just because I'm lazy and want to get this episode out. And <laughs> partially because we've already said we're going to be talking with spoilers about this episode. So yeah. um, from this point on, though, this is this is the outer rim of spoilers. All right. Spoilers could come at you at any moment from this point yep. on. Yep. So let's talk about the Mandalorian season two and some of the interesting stuff that was going on in this episode uh i want to start with baby yoda i want to start with grogu and i want to start with the whole big controversy that came about
1: what's the what's controversy
0: when he was eating those eggs.
1: Oh, yeah. That
0: controversy. I have been waiting to talk to <laughs> someone about this, Steve, <laughs> because I would watch people say something and I'm just like, no. And then I see someone else say something. I'm just like, no, no. no. I mean, they're saying this is terrible. You know, this child and Disney is playing it for laughs and, and he's eating the the brood and he's eating, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and first of all, okay. Good, good on you for <laughs> recognizing, you know, life and recognizing yeah. as he's eating these eggs, he is eating the, the brood. He's eating the, the, ch- the children he's eating, you know, the
1: unfertilized eggs.
0: Right, right. But, but, but still, okay. You know, the fact that they're complaining about that. But here's
1: eating an egg.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, but,
1: you're not eating a chicken. You're eating...
0: But that's not even what I want to get into. I want to go a little deeper, a little more philosophical. okay, Steve. All right. Because, yes, I I like
1: that.
0: It's it's funny that he's eating this. Right. And it is. It is really funny. (laughs) It's funny when you look over and you see him and he's just reaching, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just this preschool kid funniness. But it's also just the 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 horrifying like she has to get these eggs to her husband so that they can have children. And, and they can have a family, you know, and, and she has, she's on a limited time. Uh, And so like the MacGuffin of the episode, he's literally eating the MacGuffin (laughs) because the MacGuffin is, uh, we got to get these to my husband so we can take care of these eggs and, and, and have a family.
1: Yeah. It would be sort of like if, um, in star Wars, a new hope, you know, R2D2 had to get the, the, uh, the, the, the tapes to, to the, the rebels, but like, see Three the entire time is like, you know. Oh, artu, I have to record my favorite TV program. Yeah, and yeah, he's like exactly. trying to record over the same thing. <laughs>
0: uh, except that's sitcom, uh, slapstick humor kind of thing, right. and and yeah. this is a little more, a little more subtle, and a little more, again, horrifying because we're talking about a woman's just dreams life and dreams and stuff but here's where it gets interesting for me is when i see these people kind of getting upset about what grogu is doing um it makes me think about the the universe of star wars and what the universe of star wars is and that whole sequence made me think about just um i think it was qui-gon jinn who said it the first time there's always a bigger fish you know yeah. and and you just see the the natural order of things in the star wars universe is a very is very much a, a naturalist universe and and in, in the darwinian sense where it's all about um there there might be something bigger but it's all about just uh this is the way the universe works and i'd almost say like I'd like to try and explore this a little bit more just in the sense of how the force works, because in this universe, it's it really is there's a bigger fish. And the emphasis on sanctity of life in the Star Wars universe is really not really there. You know, there might be the one, the prophecy of the one. And and that's sacred. But life itself in the Star Wars universe, it's disposable Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, you will kill something quickly or you'll be killed
1: Mm, yeah
0: and 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 it's just it it makes for action adventure so you know in those early star wars movies you know you're going to shoot those stormtroopers so they can fall into the like the long cavernous cavern in the death star (laughs) that they're going to swing over you know um and die these horrible deaths or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's just because they're in the way and they're after me And And even
1: with the the whole Death Star exploding, you're seeing millions of people
0: who is it millions? I I I have a hard time believing there's millions on there, but maybe it is.
1: I mean they're inside the moon. They're inside the the whole thing. So it's not just a surface area type of thing. There's probably, you know, floors after floors after floors and contractors and they're all there professionally
0: though. This is the thing. Like they're they're all there. Because they've been hired. So I just, just the workforce of, of millions of people just feels like it's a, it, that just feels like an inflated number. I, I would go with thousands and feel thousands, comfortable with thousands. thousands but but
1: you're, you're cheering that the, all these, you know, people, you know, the secretaries and the, I mean, it, they're just, it, it's, they're gone. They're wiped out of existence because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Yahoo!
0: Well, yeah. and it's, it's the the Kevin Smith clerks argument. I you know we've seen this argument many times. It actually gets brought up in this season,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where um it was the one pilot who's like I was on the Death Star before it blew up, and my friends were on there, and and then the terrorists came and blew it up, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it just it's it's interesting to me because as I'm watching people get up in arms about. How how could he do this, and how could they have him do this? And I'm just thinking, no, you're you're reading it wrong. Yeah. You know this the the reading of the universe is this this naturalism, this survival of the fittest. Yeah. It's it's you know whoever you know there there is a bigger fish, and 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 Qui Gon kind of really sums it up in, in that way. There's always something bigger that's going to come along. It's going to be bigger, or it's going to be hungrier, or it's going to be scrappier, or and. And powerful. that's what the rebellion is was scrappy people who wanted to get things done. And so how morality fits into that I'm I haven't explored completely. Um because you do have the idea then of we have to stand up to something bigger than us because this something bigger than us has done something wrong. They blew up a planet, mm-hmm. you know. And and then you have the trade-off there and, and if you want to talk about blowing up the death star and and all the contractors and all of the office people and stuff like that. it It is this numbers-based morality of people who value life are looking at that Death Star and saying, blowing this thing up is going to save more people right. than it's going to kill. Right. You know, and it's this numbers-based thing where the – what's the worst evil? You know, what's – What's the greatest evil? Us doing the blowing it up, or letting it go free when we had a chance, and now it is going to cause so much evil, so much death, right. and, and all that kind of thing. And
1: yeah, I, I have this discussion with, with people that I know because you know, in a political sense, you know, they'll say, "Well, why are you against this policy? You know, if it's going to save lives here and now." And your policy is going to it's it's going to endanger lives. And I I just I turn it around and I say any policy is going to endanger some lives. And in fact, you know, whatever policy it was we were talking about, there was going to be lives ended either way. If you didn't have a policy at all, it would be incrementally more, much more. But if you looked at it the way I was looking at it, it would be a slow tapering to the point where it's almost gone at the end of the the taper with the way that they were looking at it. It was, it was like more would be saved at the beginning, but much more it would, it would like taper in the opposite direction because it was more of a pragmatic way to look at it. It's like, you know, save all the lives now and don't worry about the ones down the line. But if you do look down the line, there's there's going to be much more lives lost. If you look at the the other way, it tapers off to a point where very few and maybe even no lives are lost. And that's what I wanted to sort of concentrate on because that's your goal. Your goal is zero. Your goal isn't zero now. Or, you know, lowering it now and then seeing it boom after after a while. Pragmatism, you know, can really hurt in that direction. Um, but, you know, just applying that to this, it's sort of like, yeah, you you have to destroy the Death Star. It doesn't matter who's on there. You know, your mom could be on there. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to not destroy the Death Star because it's going to lead to the most, uh, you know, the the most beneficial thing
0: well and and you get some interesting moral quandaries with storytelling too with that kind of thing where you have like how would doctor who take care of uh-huh. the death star doctor who right. would find a way of course he's he's doctor who he's the doctor right. he would find a way to save everyone you yeah. know like that's that's his thing and and the other thing is the story would bend itself so that the doctor could do that you know, so that the the story would bend over backwards to make sure that he would have something in his sonic screwdriver where he could, you know, somehow destroy the Death Star but transport everyone or or whatever it might be. Right. Um And so you have that that way of looking at it. And then you also have then like the Punisher, where it's like, hey, <laughs> I don't even care. Right. You're you're working with the Emperor. Okay, you're going (laughs) to die. You know, you're you're guilty because you're working with the Emperor. Um, And so there's there's lots of different ways to look at it. And fortunately for me, at least with broad picture, the way Star Wars handles it, it it doesn't feel it it doesn't feel completely wrong. You know, it, it, it feels like, okay, I can morally i feel good about the conver- or about the the decision that they've made and and the conversation that i would have about this is yeah they probably made the right decision the other thing that goes hand in hand with that though is just the idea of you can't know so like you're talking with your friend about you know down the line what's it going to be for this policy or that policy um at the end of the day if we were in that universe with the rebellion we would never know what was going to, what was life going to be like if the Death Star wasn't destroyed, right? You know, you have yeah. to make the decision based on the information you have, and then for us as believers, we have to make the decision based on the information we have and the steps of faith that we're taking, trusting that God's helping us, trusting that God's guiding us. Um, and so fortunately, I think we can feel a little more comfortable with some of those decisions, but then I also look at some. People calling themselves believers and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that God is really telling you to do this thing because it's, it's not right. You know, it's, yeah. and, and not right can go a different, different directions as well. Not right by my understanding or not right by just clearly, you know, like you look at the scripture and yeah. ain't right. Um, yeah.
1: And that's one of the the problems that I'm having now as I'm looking at Star Wars, A New Hope because you know I read Romans 13 and wait a minute all governments are set up by God you know God puts these governments in place so we as as Christians we don't you know have armed rebellions i mean even the american revolution it was because king george was was misstepping his entire authority he was he was saying now it's me that's the authority not me that's in the place of god here on earth you know as a representative of god he was taking that power in and of himself so you know the american revolution was we did everything we possibly could to rectify the situation and we can't we can't stay under this person who is now basically claiming to be god so you have that, but here we have a, I mean, okay. If you look at exactly what happened, there's this evil mastermind who has a superpower who basically mind altered people so he could become the emperor. But you know what? In the end, if you look at it in a Christian way, God put him in charge. And who were we to, to fight against it? You know, rebellion yeah. is like the Bible says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. So why would you call yourself the rebellion if you have that understanding?
0: Well, I mean, there's semantics there because yeah, there's so there's layers of of meanings and nuance oh, yeah. to the word. Um, but, you know, <laughs> to take it in a modern context without taking a side, um, but I think I'm pretty safe in saying this, um, almost a lot of Christians do say, yes, God put him in authority as long as he's the one that I agree with. Um, yes, right. God allowed him to be in, well, as Americans, in, in the White House um, as long as he's the one that, that that I voted for. And if it's the one I didn't vote for, that's not the one God put there. Right, Um, I feel safe saying it because it does. I've seen it on both sides. I've seen it actually said. Yeah, I've seen it said on both sides. I've seen Republican Christians and Democrat Christians say this about Trump, about Biden, about Obama. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and it's just it's messy. That verse you're quoting is also, man, there's there's so much (laughs) there's so much to unpack in that verse because there's a whole lot of. Well, what ifs, you know, and yeah. what abouts, um, that, that can be brought Paul up in
1: that. Under, mm-hmm. he was writing under? writing under Nero? <laughs> you know, so when people say, you know, oh well, you know, blah blah, I'm like, he was writing under Nero, and he didn't say anything like, you know, hey, we have to stand up to this guy because he's doing some really bad stuff.
0: He said he, he, Paul wasn't saying that, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be said. You know, like I would say if if the person who's in charge is blowing up planets and just killing people willy-nilly and threatening to kill other people i think you have a moral obligation to stand against what they're doing stand
1: against what they're doing but not to the sense of we need to destroy and replace that government
0: i can't can't follow you the whole way there steve <laughs> I, I can't i'm
1: just saying that's what the that's what the verse Seems to indicate.
0: So. I mean, it, you look at the Old Testament and say to yourself, "Yeah, there's times when the Israelites did not fight back, um, but, but then there were, there
1: were the times." At that point,
0: before I mean, after that though, when they were a monarchy, there were times like I. I just
1: right, but the, the, it's it's descriptive, you know the. Those things are it, it describes what's happening. What Paul is writing about is prescribing what should happen as a Christian. We should do this thing just because David did something. I mean, David you know, in Bathsheba, it's not like, oh, well, good, now we can do And that. that's what I'm saying
0: <laughs> is there's there's plenty to unpack because mm-hmm. he was writing to a certain time for a certain purpose. and you some of it does translate A to A, B to B. And some of translates A is here and we're in B. And that's – that actually leads us uh, into another philosophical discussion with the Mandalorian, which is what is his way? Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's very interesting. He's very, very uh, legalistic and holding tightly to the way. And then he sees some people who – they're a little more loosey-goosey. They take off their helmets. Yeah. yeah. And by the end of this, he's taking off his helmet, and he has some really interesting conversations with, dude. I wish I had it in front of me to remember his name, so I could just say it really quickly. But um, the comedian guy, uh, <laughs> who's Burr. like, what, Billy Bear? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, he, who's saying to him, "Hey, you know, you hit a point where you feel like you got to take off the helmet, you do it." Yeah, and. You're wearing someone else's helmet. So what's the what's what's the way? Is it to keep your Mandalorian helmet on, or is it just to keep your face cover when you're out in public? Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of calling him out on, um, letting go of of some of this. Yeah, and you know, and that's something that, you know, because I have to be careful when we're talking about what we're talking about with with your verse in Romans from Paul. Like I'm almost stepping into just the whole situational ethics, you know, and and that Paul was writing to a place and a time, which is true, but that means it doesn't apply to us because we're not in that place or time, which is not true, but it can be, you know, depending on what you're looking at, because that's the whole, um, women covering their heads in church.
1: Well, that wasn't you know? in Romans.
0: That's not in Romans, but it is Paul's writing.
1: Right. And And
0: so the question is, okay, (laughs) does that apply to us now? Should we be Mennonite?
1: (laughs) I would say it culturally it does apply to us because it's talking about something in that culture that he, you know, and when he does this, he's he's talking about something in that culture that either has to stand or, or has to be, you set yourself against it. And so when he, he says those things, he's giving us principles where we can use that in our culture. So when it says, you know, women shouldn't wear men's clothes, men shouldn't wear women's clothes. Well, what about pants? In our culture, women's pants are a thing. You know, women can wear pants and as long as they're, you know, they're not terribly looking, you know, tight or, you know, crazy stuff, then it's okay. Because culturally, that's okay. Back then, it wouldn't have been okay because no one wore pants back
0: then. But this is the context then. So, like, it's – this is how we have to, like, we have to read carefully. And your literalist looks at it and says, it says this exact thing. I must do this exact thing. And then your person who's looking at it from the contextual side is saying, "Eh, it's metaphorical, you know, he's he's teaching us a principle and we need to follow that principle that he's teaching us. And then there's this interpretation that can go further on either end, you know, where like with the Old Testament laws um, and then you have how those Old Testament laws were extrapolated and (laughs) codified and. Added to, and to the point where you know Jesus is stepping into a situation where it's gone far beyond um, the the Torah. It's mm-hmm. and it, it's gone into these these other things. Like you can't move a chair this mu- this much if it leaves a groove, because that's that's plowing, mm-hmm. and that's work. You can't do that on the Sabbath.
1: Yeah, you can't pick stuff off the stalk and eat it because that's harvesting.
0: Right. <laughs> right, and and so there's this whole thing, and this is why it's good that we have the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, and is yeah. there to kind of help us along, you know, especially if we're we're trying to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and and stay in tune with what God's um, asking us to do, uh, but yeah, I mean. But that's why, I mean, I live in a community with Amish and Mennonite um, people and, and the head covering is a thing for them. Uh, All of the women, they, they were covering on their head and, and they do not wear pants. They Mm -hmm. wear dresses and they wear simple dresses, you know, and, and there's. Layers and nuance to that where the Amish have a certain kind of simplicity that they're doing and the Mennonites have a, another kind of simplicity that they have. Um, but. But, yeah, and so it's this question of, OK, what's permissible. And what's traditional. Versus what's actually in scripture, you know, um, and those are the questions that the Mandalorian is asking right now is. Uh, okay. Taking the mask off, taking the helmet off. Is it okay? When is it not okay? And it almost feels to me like it's, (laughs) this is going to sound kind of stupid, but, um, but bear with me, you know, you've got this kid from youth group, you know, and he only listens to Christian music and he goes to college and it's a Christian college. And suddenly he's got all these Christian friends and they're listening to secular music. I mean that's that's the Mandalorian seeing the other Mandalorians take their helmets off, you know? And he's like, "Wait a minute, that's not okay. You can't listen to secular music. You can't take your helmet off." And then he ends up going along with it, you know? And so what happens then? Yep. You just start giving a little bit. Um which doesn't quite describe my journey, but it is actually there's actually a little bit of my journey in there, um uh, as far as what kind of music I would listen to and And, and felt comfortable listening to, um, Uh but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing that he's got going on there. And, and the question is, where is he going to go with it? Um, I know most people aren't like worrying so much about, although the writers are, but I I don't know. I haven't heard too much people uh, talking about, yeah, man, I wonder what's going to happen to the Mandalorian's core beliefs. Um. But I'm, I'm really curious about that. Like, where is where is that going and what is he going to let go of? What yeah. is he going to compromise?
1: And what I mean, we as Christians, we know not to compromise because we have the Bible, which proves itself. And it's not circular logic because, you know, it proves itself with prophecy. It proves itself with history and anything that we can check and, and find out. it It's proven itself to 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 be true. And then the stuff yeah. that that is sort of unprovable, we can take that on faith. So you know, we have this thing that we can trust with him. He has his society and his culture, which, as soon as he meets those other Mandalorians, is automatically overturned. So well, you know, but he
0: has to ask himself, are they actually right part of the way? Or or not. He has his culture. It's again, I don't know if he has written culture, but he definitely has impressed culture. Like it, it's it's been impressed upon him. Um I mean, this is a this is a guy they may not have the written scriptures, but it's memorized scriptures, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like the phrasings, you know, this is the way and, and you don't take your helmet off and the, the different things that he's allowed to do or not allowed to do. Um It's been taught and it's been internalized and now it's being challenged but
1: but if you think about it why what's the actual reason why they don't take their helmet off is it because mandalorians wear the armor and wear the helmet and if you take your helmet off you're not a mandalorian or is it just something where it's just sort of like, you know, don't step on a crack or you'll break your mother's back. You know, well, do you want to take the chance and step so on he, a crack to see if it'll happen, or are you going to not step on a crack just in case?
0: He sees the people take off their helmets and he says mm-hmm. to them, "You're not Mandalorians." Right. That's what that's his belief. That's his belief system, yeah. and and they look at him like, "Oh, it's another one of those crackpots." I mean, in all honesty, it almost is in in some ways, um, like a Mennonite kind of a situation where, uh, or an Amish kind of situation where it's like, this is the interpretation, you know, the, the compromise women dressing the way they're dressing without coverings on their heads. That's a compromise. Scripture says this, you've compromised the scripture, you know, and, and there's different layers to it. I don't, I don't mean to pick on the. Mennonite or Amish I know no one who's Amish is listening to this but it's possible Mennonites but um,
1: but almost any 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 Christian who takes their belief seriously you know over over lunch at work someone's going to be like, you know you really believe the Bible you know you you really believe that Jesus walked on water you know and you're you're looked at sometimes as if you're the crazy one when you're not right so seeing the mandalorian go from you know this is it this is something that's forbidden you know this is my culture it's forbidden to the point where he's just like okay i'll take my helmet off you know and it's a big dramatic scene
0: yeah it's you know, not
1: it, it it means something and it means right. something to grogu that he has absolutely no idea what the whole deal with the helmet is you know so
0: but he knows it's important and I you know right. as far as Grogu goes I think for Grogu this is an important moment and and Grogu may not understand all the details but he understands there's something important going on here when when the revelation is there right um, but
1: if it's forbidden then you know what's the deal with him <laughs>
0: Well, that's, that's just it. This was a, this was a compromise. And, and the question is, is it a compromise if it's not actually something that's wrong to do? And so there's, again, layers to the answer there, because I would say, uh, yeah, it is a compromise. If you believe it's a morally wrong thing to do, if you truly believe this is morally wrong for me to do and you do it, there's, there's compromise happening there.
1: But how now, can if taking your helmet off be morally wrong?
0: We don't know yet. That's the thing. We don't know the context of why they're not supposed to take their helmets off. I can't remember. They, they've talked about something about the privacy or something. I don't know. But um, we we don't know the, the, the context of why that rule is in place. Okay. So we just have to take it on faith that there's actually the writers actually have a reason for it or don't have a reason for it. And if they don't have a reason for it, they have a reason for not having a reason for it. But it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you feel like you can't watch a certain thing or eat a certain thing, you know, going back to the, um, you know, meat put before idols or whatever. um, And you go ahead and do it anyway, without any kind of release if that makes sense you know so peter peter had release to eat peter had release to go and meet with cornelius but i have a feeling that it would be considered sin for him to have gone to cornelius if god had not said i release you like because you can act in rebellion against something that's not wrong Am I making sense? I feel right, like I'm not right being super that, clear.
1: Right up until that last thing, I think it it, it might sort of be like, um, like well, if...
0: let me let me clarify though before we move on then because I don't want to leave it where it's okay. unclear. But the the idea of okay, um, how about this? My dad buys a hamburger, leaves it on the table. He bought it for me. It's actually my hamburger. So if I eat it, I'm not doing anything wrong. But if I see that hamburger and I think it's his, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm eating this anyway. I just did something wrong, even though technically speaking, it's my burger. Right. I did it out of rebellion. And that's what I'm talking about with Peter. When Peter was released to go and see Cornelius, Peter would have never done it without that release because of the rules and restrictions against it
1: and even though it would have been okay he just didn't know it was okay so he never would have done it had he done it at the time it would have had to have been out of rebellion so it would have been wrong for him
0: right yeah he would have been going against what he had been told he should not do right but when god says to him actually peter (laughs) here's the deal you can eat these, you can eat this food and people who eat this food aren't clean or aren't unclean. I don't want you to call anything unclean that I have made clean, uh-huh. you know, and, and I'm, I'm giving you release to do this, you know, and, and there was conflict between uh, Peter and Paul about this later on even. Yeah. Um Yeah. And so that's where, okay. Has the Mandalorian come to a revelation I mean, we, we don't know what's going on because we don't see his face. He has not talking about his in, internal monologue about, right. This is okay because the way that I was following might not be right. And yeah. Anyway, that's I what I wanted to clear up.
1: Two thirds of the way through. I mean, at the three seasons, I guess there might be more seasons, but I think at the end of the third season there, there'll probably be some sort of a hard break. Um, But, you know, two-thirds of the way through, and it's still, you know, okay, he he took off his helmet. (gasps) Oh, no. But is it really, oh, no? Because it's just someone taking off a helmet.
0: It won't be anymore (laughs) because of what we got into this time. But that's the thing, Steve. Like, for me, it was, oh, no, because this is ingrained in him. Now, I'm watching Mm -hmm. other Mandalorians, and, and there are other Mandalorians I'm familiar with. I trust them that they're okay with what they're doing because we've, we had this conversation with the first season. Other Mandalorians have taken off their helmets. We've seen it happen. What's up with this? Well, we find out this is a much more traditional or conservative branch of the Mandalorian belief system that that's what he's been brought up with. Yeah. And so do we know all the details? No. Do we want to? Yes. Yes, I do. I really want to know more details. But I can only take what I've been given and so for me though, Steve, I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this this is a moment. This is a big deal.
1: Oh no, because... it is, yeah. And but it just it's a it's a vague moment though, because you don't know exactly what the deal is. You know? It's it's mm-hmm. like when you, you go to someone else's country. And, you know, you like when I was I just met my my uh, wife to be, you know, I was meeting her parents for one of the first times and it was uh, her mom's uh, birthday and she made white cake. I'm just not a fan of white cake. I like, you know, devil's food, you just chocolate cake. And um, and they offered me a piece of, of the white cake. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. And it was like time stopped. and Everyone just looked at me and my wife was like, eat a piece of cake. Eat cake, eat cake. And just like, what's going on? You know, I, I, I had no idea that it was like this huge faux pas. <laughs> but everyone there knew that I had just, you know, crossed a line that no one had ever crossed before because you eat her cake on her birthday. That's what you do. And for me, I was brought up with, you know, hey, if you don't, if you're not going to eat it, don't take it. So I was like, I don't want to take it because someone else might want it, and that was what I was going on. So with the Mandalorian, it's it's sort of me in that moment where I'm like, all he's doing is taking off his helmet. <laughs> you no, know? it's not like he's he's uh, ripping up a Bible or something like that. I mean, it, it would be like if if I if, if I, I sort of see it maybe like this, like if I had a friend. Who didn't know Jesus, and you know he called me up and he's like, hey, I got two tickets to you know Slayer, to Paradise, oh. DSI. two tickets to Paradise, or you know some awful, terrible Marilyn Manson, you know something like that where it's a it's, it's going to be like a satanic attack if I go, and I would never go, I would never buy tickets, I would never support this this you know anything, and I said you know hey, I I really you know would would prefer not to go, but if you want to talk about you know, Jesus and salvation and stuff. And it, it, he was like, you know what? I got the tickets really have to go. I, I don't have anyone to take me. And, you know, I, I need to go in with someone else, etc. If you go, then afterwards we'll go to Denny's and, and we can talk. And, you know, I might say to myself, well, this is an opening that I, I'm not going to have. And I didn't manufacture this, but, I might go now, and you know I might even say, "Hey, wow, that guitarist is pretty good," or you know his vocal stylings, or you know whatever, and actually understand the band a little bit better, or you know whatever it is. But do it just because it's going to lead me up to that other point, and not that I'm I'm manufacturing it. Like I said, I'm not trying to you know to to work it in there. To, oh, I really like the band, so I'm going to sneak it in. Nothing like that. But things just worked to that point where now I can get to this guy, perhaps, you know, with the gospel, maybe introduce the Holy Spirit into his life. Who knows? But now I have to endure this other thing that I never would before, you know. So it, it, it's sort of like that. But, again, I don't understand. the If they gave us anything else besides we can't take off our helmets you know it might it might have seemed more to me than than what it did
0: maybe maybe all right so that's the deep stuff (laughs) i think we can go into some lighter stuff now how's that like uh okay the connections to return of the jedi there's two big connections to return of the jedi that's two right. big characters who showed up who were in Return of the Jedi. They actually fought each other in Return of the Jedi, but they don't actually see each other face to face in this episode. And at one point, I was asking myself, well, wait a minute. Why? Why? Why isn't Boba Fett there for the scene? And I think the reason Boba Fett wasn't there for that scene was because if Luke saw Boba Fett. There. Yeah. There'd be things that would have to happen. But I'd
1: be like, oh. I'm gonna kill this guy now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh,
1: although, oh no, wait, that was Han Solo that was blind at the time. No, <laughs> for no. a second, I'm like, did he see him? Yeah, of course he saw him.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Boba Fett first of all. I was, I had a scales in my heart. When things started happening, I'm thinking Boba Fett might be coming. And the scales in my heart were going up and down one side, the other side. And, and, and then you finally see the face of the, of, uh, can't remember the actor's name, but the, the clone, uh, Mm -hmm. from, from the, the prequels, which aging wise, this kind of worked out nicely for him playing the clone who was not aged, you know? So Boba Fett, when he was young, was able to have a regular lifespan, um, and not get super aged the way the, the clones were. Um and and got it will be brought up by Django Fett and everything. But he he shows up, and in my in my heart, there's this, oh, it's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> and then you have these little stones being placed on that side of the scales. Like, so cool. Oh, what are they gonna do here? But then on the other side, fewer stones, definitely fewer stones. But there's a couple of stones like uh really (laughs) they're going there (laughs) it seems kind of cheesy i mean this show is about the mandalorian and they've done a great job of just making sure that this is not a boba fett thing and now boba fett's here you know we already had the clue in the first season where um when melinda may from agents of shield gets quote unquote killed and you have the person coming to her and you hear the chink 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 of the spurs even though he doesn't have any spurs just like boba fett and empire strikes back chink 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 of the spurs even though he didn't have any spurs is a boba fett probably (laughs) maybe i don't know could be i don't know um but there's a part of me that's just like oh that's a little (sighs) the star wars universe is very small (laughs) it's a very small universe
1: huh
0: you think it was too much boba fett no, no, it was just the, the internal struggle was like, should they've even done this or not? It's really cool. So ultimately I, I fall on the side of yes, but on the other side, there is this small part of me that's just like, did they need to? Like this is fan service, you know? And, and, and again, it makes just like the prequels where everything in the prequels was, and, and then you throw solo in there too, even it's all about where did, where did this come from? Where'd that come from? And we're finding out every single little small thing. And, mm-hmm. and not only that, they all know each other. And Anakin built C-3PO. And every single thing about these six characters in the trilogy, in the original trilogy, we're just going to have everything tied into those six characters, even though it's a giant universe, giant right. galaxy far, far away. Um, and it just made things feel really small for me. And that's my probably... I'm 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 warming up to the the prequels. I did I never hated them, but they weren't my favorite. I'm warming up to them, but I still have that problem of just the smallness of the galaxy, even as they're adding bigger sets and more planets and and lots more, you know, background characters. It just f- kept feeling small and small and small. Hmm. Um in fact, the, the Django Fett, Boba Fett connection, you know, that we get in Attack of the Clones. And it's just like, again, this is smaller now. Like, why does this have to be a character that we know? We don't need to know Boba Fett's birth story. <laughs> we we could <laughs> use this opportunity to create a new character, you know. And, um, well, they
1: did some. I mean, I uh, can't remember all oh, they the abso- names.
0: But- they absolutely do. But. I'm just saying, it just to me feels small. And then you get solo, and it's like solo is just all about how, how did he get his vest, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. How did he get his name? Yeah. Get the Wookie. How did he get?
0: And I get that's what you do in an origin story. You know, you find all the classic things that people like about it, and then you explain it. Um, But all that said, it still feels small, even though The Mandalorian was meant to be a new character and there's a whole new cast around him. Mm -hmm. Um, and suddenly, nope, nope. What was that? (laughs) Remember (laughs) that? Yeah.
1: But I liked the way they pulled in, you know, like Bo-Katan, they pulled in people from the cartoons. They Mm -hmm. pulled in stuff from toys, you know, it, it yeah, made yeah. it seem much bigger to me because they were pulling on sources that you would never have pulled on. I mean, George Lucas wouldn't have pulled on before. You know, I mean, he did he did actually include some things that were part of uh, other, uh, other you know, other someone else invented, I believe, Coruscant and things like that. Um, but um, but here, I mean, Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, I mean, just like all these little things that he's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy, too. Oh, but yeah, you're talking this... now
0: about you're, you're talking now about the Clone Wars and Rebels um, and, and those shows expanded things for me. So it's the mm-hmm. movies made it feel smaller. Granted, it's a Skywalker saga. Right. So it's it's mm-hmm. following one family. OK. Um, I'm just saying that there's a part of me on the scales the the up and down of the yes and no yes one out it was really cool first of all to see his face and and see him as a clone you know which that was cool second i'll see him in the armor third actually see him do the cool things we wanted to see him do before
1: mm-hmm. but
0: we never got a chance to see yeah. when he was in the armor yeah in return of the jedi and empire strikes back um It was cool, so don't get me wrong. It was so cool. (laughs) My rant about the smallness of the galaxy is one that just comes from mainly the prequels, Um, sequel a little bit, but again, it was fan service. We want to see Lando, Billy Dee Williams. He's still alive. Let's get him a part of the movie, you know. And well,
1: I had I I sort of had the feeling that this was always their goal, that they were get Boba Fett and it was not really a bait and switch because they wanted to give you a really cool story with the Mandalorian give you the lore of the Mandalorian it's called the Mandalorian Boba Fett only has the armor of a Mandalorian so it's he's not a Mandalorian and giving that contrast and then the entire thing leading up to oh and by the way Boba Fett and then you get this really cool finishing arc of you know the second the second story finishing arc of Grogu that whole thing that's you know, you get that. And then at the very end, you get the book of Boba Fett.
0: Yeah. You know? Well and you're you're absolutely right. I mean the fact that they actually put the clues in the first season, absolutely this this was their intention from the start. And yeah. I, I I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Now, there was no challenge in the scales of my heart to the to the other one, which was Luke Skywalker showing up at the end. Really? Oh my goodness. I <laughs> I didn't cheer. I didn't cry. All right. I didn't <laughs> didn't do any of those things that you hear about all of the, you know, The real fans, you know, who were doing the cheering and the crying and the screaming and the yelling and stuff like that. But it was really cool. (laughs) And I loved seeing Luke Skywalker black outfit. I love the revelation of it because the X-Wing comes and Evan is not here to explain himself. He's going (laughs) to have some he has some explaining to do for sure. But the X-Wing comes and I'm like. Oh, it's one of those guys. Where's the other X Wing from those two police officers? You know? Yeah. And nope, it's not them. Ooh, wearing the Jedi robes. Is it Ahsoka? Nope. You know, and just at every moment, and then there's there's a moment where you see the belt buckle, the hand, and 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 just around in there, you're you're saying to yourself, or I'm saying to myself, No. No, it couldn't be. And then it is. <laughs> And then it is, and he's doing the moves and he's destroying the Cylons. And I, I, I don't know why Bo-Katan didn't get involved in that. Cause she has no love for Cylons, obviously, but, um, but yeah, he's just destroying everything. He comes in and it's awesome until he talks <laughs> and then, then the CGI is a little spotty. Um, I didn't but, really
1: pick up any, I mean, I, I, a lot of people did, so I'm not saying it wasn't there, but. You know, when I was watching it, I didn't. I I, I can't remember exactly what I n- remembered, what I heard beforehand. What it, you know, if it was Luke Skywalker or if it was someone else or CGI, I forget exactly where I was coming in with what knowledge I had, but I don't remember it being, you know, weird. So. I mean, I, I guess for some people it was and some people it wasn't.
0: You mean the CGI or?
1: Yeah, CGI.
0: Yeah, it was It was the facial stuff, the de-aging that they did. It just, eh, I, we've seen better, you know? And this is a TV show. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, but that all that stuff leading up to that and it's bare hand, gloved hand, belt buckle, green saber, like all these different things. They did a masterful job almost perfection of the reveal here. Um, Here's where I say Evan has some explaining to do. I don't get how this happened. I spoiled it for him. Okay. (laughs) I spoiled it for him. He knew Luke Skywalker was coming because of something I said on, uh, not in public on Facebook, in a private message on Facebook. I sent a message to Daniel Butcher and Matt Anderson And Evan. Two messages. I just said. Hey guys. You're going to want to watch this. Before social media spoils you. And then I said again. Hey guys. eh, (laughs) um, You really want to see this. Before social media spoils it for you.
1: And And
0: from that. Evan was able to discern. That Luke Skywalker shows up at the end of this episode.
1: Wow. That's
0: and that's something I don't else. know I, I'm like I'm so sorry. I didn't I, I'm sorry, but I was I thought I was protecting you and I thought I was being I mean I was not not just vague about like a person shows up and you don't want to know who it is or it, right. I wasn't even saying that. Like I was and so I I don't yes. know. I don't know how he went from point A to point B. um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I spoiled it. Yay me. You jerk. <laughs> <I know. laughs> how did Fortunately that? for Matt Anderson and Daniel Butcher, I did not spoil it for them. So that's good. It, um, it does
1: remind me of, of I, I was joking around with my wife. Uh, I guess this was the second Sequel movie, and uh, I forget the, where everything lands in all the different movies. But I, I was joking around, and I was like, I won't tell you anything about the the movie because I heard a little bit on the radio. But you know, what when, when Han Solo died, oops, <clears throat> and she's like, oh, you jerk! Oh yeah, and I, then after I said that, I was like, what if Han Solo does die in this one?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
1: then we're sitting there watching it and he's like walking out on the thing and Ben can, whatever's he's got the lightsaber and I'm like, Oh no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I lean over and I'm like, I'm sorry. I was joking. I did not know that was going to happen.
0: That's one of the hard things on welcome to level seven for us is we have a very strict spoiler policy where mm-hmm. we do not want to spoil it. We, um, and, and so if we are going to have a, Discussion that goes over something that might spoil it for for people, um, it's gonna happen after the credits. There's gonna be ample warning, um, but we don't, we don't look at spoilers, mm. and so when we make predictions, we're if we're right, it's an accident, you know, like it's <laughs> it's not like something. It, if we're right, it's because maybe pick, we picked up something from the episode or whatever, but um, but yeah, it, and and so. I get worried sometimes when we start making predictions. I'm like, I, I hope this doesn't ruin it for someone. Yeah. Because I don't want someone to go into it and, and feel like, well, I already knew this was going to happen because it was spoiled for me. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. The spoiler culture itself, it's it, spoiler. The spoiler subset of pop culture. Let's put it that way. I, I'm maybe not describing it correctly, but, um, it's just a really interesting, thing that happens in in pop culture where Mm -hmm. does it actually ruin something if you spoil something you know and and the answer is no but i i just know that i love it that moment with luke skywalker was so cool because of the way it was revealed and i was able to discover it as it was happening right and that's really neat and yeah. you and I were talking about Ender's Game, and we're not going to get into the spoiler of Ender's Game, but before we were on the episode here, Ender's Game was spoiled for you by someone who didn't know you had, weren't aware of it, and they they blurted out the big spoiler. Yeah. And for you to read Ender's Game, you're going to be reading it, if you do read it or watch it, um, you know, the movie, you're going to be watching it, waiting for that to happen, mm-hmm. for that revelation to happen. And I want to be so careful about Ender's Game because the revelation in Ender's Game to me is one of, it's the science fiction rosebud. You know, like it's one of the greatest revelations of a plot twist and it's so neat. And the way it comes out is so well crafted. And then when you get to that moment, the emotional fallout for the characters involved. It's especially if you like the characters because that's a big part of enjoying um, (laughs) plots. You know, if you like what's happening in the plot, a lot of it has to do with you liking the people who are going through the plot. You know, Mm -hmm. but um, that's why I'm not going to say anything, even though this is. Let's see, I got it right next to me. Uh, How old is this book?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh no, it's more than twenty. I think it's seventy-seven. The book is seventy-seven. Wow. Yeah.
1: So it's as, as old as Star
0: Wars. It is. Yeah. Um, and actually it would have been written, it would have appeared in magazine form. I don't know if it was in 77 or if it was before that, but I don't know. It looks like the book itself first printing was 1985. So the magazine, uh, novella was 77, but the right. book was 85. And so we were talking about a really, really old book, but I, I just, I want to hold on to that one, you know? Planet of the Apes, that's been spoiled for you even if you haven't seen it before. You know. Yeah. and the, the, Green. Yeah, and Green's been spoiled for you. Rosebud might have been spoiled for you. But Ender's Game, if it could spoil for you, it's not me. Now, right, I just talked yeah. about spoilers and you're looking for the spoiler. And maybe you'll figure it out and be like Evan and and somewhat magically be able to figure out what's going on. But, um, <laughs> But then on the other hand... There is something to be said for, you know, something's coming and you're reading to it or you're watching to it, you know, and, you know, so you, stories that'll start with here's the ending or um start with the character falling. And you're like, I want I bet you're wondering what brought me to this point, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. And so there there's something to be said for that as well. Um So I don't know if for me something can be completely ruined if it's if the big twist is spoiled. As long as it's good. Like, the, yeah. It can't be a Twilight Zone style of thing because some of those episodes of Twilight Zone, the twist is all that's there. You know? Yeah. And yeah. some of them, it, it, there's, you got characters you care about, but, but it's, it's so short. And so that Twilight Zone ending, that's one of the easiest things to do to make an impact in a short, fiction yeah and and so yeah you spoil some of those twilight zone twists watching it may not be worthwhile but but if it's good if it's a good movie a good book with characters you like well crafted the spoiler yeah it does take something away from your initial enjoyment but i do know some people who just don't care i will spoil anything i will spoil anything because it doesn't matter because that's not what's important. And if yeah, if a plot point's going to ruin it for you, then you don't deserve to watch it.
1: <laughs> it. It's sort of like for me, like The Outer Limits, which is I really enjoy The Outer Limits. And last year, I just, you know, with COVID and everything, it, it's two seasons. One's a, like a half a season. So they're really not a lot of time and energy to, to dig into. But I just took the time and watched all of them. And you know now it's like uh, I I feel like you know I want to go back and watch an Outer Limits and I'm like, <sighs> which one? That one? Oh, I remember the I remember the twist. You know what about that one? Oh, I remember the twist. And you know so I I have to think to myself, well, I like them for more than just the twist. You know some of it is the dialogue or the acting or the you know the
0: just yeah, the yeah.
1: wackiness of of some of the episodes. Um. So, you know, I I have to sort of just push past that I know the twist and say, you know what, I'm going to watch, you know, again, because that's that was a great one. Or, you know, one of those other ones and just say, I'm just going to watch it and be there for the experience, because sometimes being in the episode is is the fun of it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you might know the end of it now, but here you are, you're in it. And when you can, you know, re-immerse yourself into, um, you know, in, into the episode and and still get sometimes a different type of enjoyment out of it. Um,
0: well, you know, OK, it's that so type of thing. looking at Twilight Zone, tear at uh, 30,000 feet or whatever it is, the William no, don't Shatner spoil one. It for
1: me. Don't spoil it for me.
0: I'm not going to, but I'm <laughs> going to say this. First of all, I can't spoil it for you because you've seen it a number of times. Oh, no, but no, – no. uh, William Shatner's performance in it, like it's enjoyable to watch, right? And and so you might know what's going to happen, but it's it's enjoyable to watch. Ender's Game for me, um, and I, I want to do an episode about Ender's Game, but um, you've never read it, and Evans never read it, and, um, but I really want to do an episode about Ender's Game because for me, even though I know what's going to happen, um, I liked the movie. When it happened, I like rereading the book. I just listened to the book uh, a month or two ago. Um, I listened to an audio drama adaptation of the book that Orson Scott Card did. And that was really good. And all of them, there was just this anticipation of, I know what's happening. I know what's coming. And there is something to be said for, what is it? What's the definition of tragedy? I, I heard one person... Define tragedy as when, um, you know where things are going, but the characters don't, and they're headed towards something bad. You know, it's, it's, and that's tragedy. It's unavoidable. Um, it's an unavoidable situation that's going to result in, in bad things happening. And, and so you're watching in Shakespeare, you're watching Hamlet spiral toward an ending and it's well-performed and there's yeah. monologues and are there plot holes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, lately when I've been taking in some Shakespeare, uh, in the last couple of years, I, 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 haven't been as forgiving to the actual stories, but, <laughs> but again, yeah, the writing and, yeah. and the acting. So
1: Othello, you know, Iago, it's just, fantastic villain but you know to have to have him be at the right place at the right time to misunderstand the right words and the right i mean it's just sort of like come on bill
0: (laughs) (laughs) but king lear is still my favorite
1: oh that's fantastic favorite
0: tragedy um i got to go to a oh it's one of those special movie showings of a live performance ian mckellen as lear Oh, and, wow. Oh, it was great. But I've also, you know, who else is great as Lear? Uh, James Earl Jones. He, he did yes. a great Lear as well. Um, yeah, but okay. So that one, it's a tragedy. It's going to end bad no matter what, unless you stop early, which some people in the past have done. Like, let's have the happy ending for King Lear and we'll stop it before all the bad <laughs> stuff happens. And, yeah. But, um, I love watching it. Especially because I get to see different performances from different people, and I know what's happening, I know where it's going. But you know, Patrick Stewart is going to do it different than. Actually, I don't know if Patrick Stewart ever played Lear. Um, he sure. played he played a Lear like character in a Western version of not not the actual play, but it was the plot of the play. In, in this this Western version of it. I can't remember if I've That's seen him cool. do do actual King Lear, but um
1: Do you remember what the name of the
0: I do not. I do not. It's it's been actually maybe around twenty years since since I've seen it. But um Yeah, but there was I did listen to a performance by uh, Ian McDermott. I've said that name wrong but um the guy who plays the Emperor. He
1: I think you that. Yeah.
0: He he played he played Lear. You know And so it's cool for me because I know where it's going, but I get to see this different take on it. And that's that's fun. But anyway, the whole
1: king of Texas. Sounds right. There you go.
0: Sounds right. That's enough talk about spoilers. Let's talk about spoilers. Spoilers. Let's, let's talk more about this <laughs> this season. Um, I don't want to go on too much longer about it because I, I feel like we've had some good conversation here. But um, there's just a lot of fun stuff in this season. There was fun locales. Yep. Um, the water world that they were on that was I really enjoyed that, and that was the one with the whole twist of the Mandalorians coming and rescuing him from pirates. And yep that was fun and then We're there was
1: reminiscent that reminiscent of the cartoon where boba fett was introduced you know that that watery world where he was riding the dragon mm. and uh yeah and also the um the first arc of the comic books after the movie where luke goes to that yeah. water world you know
0: with all the pirates yeah that was a good arc too
1: it was a fun arc.
0: Yeah. It was. Well, here's the thing. What's interesting about those early Star Wars comics is they don't know where they're going. <laughs> they don't know what Star Wars is actually all about. Like they've well, seen they, they, they got one they movie, you know? Go. Yeah. Huh? They know where they can't go. Yeah, that's true. They can't have Luke fight Darth Vader.
1: That's, right.
0: Exactly. They can't let them meet. Yeah. So there's a dream sequence here and a vision there. But yeah. Yeah. The first meeting has to be in the movie.
1: <laughs> yep, it's got to be, but, uh, the, um, uh, the, there was a, a mention, it was slyly done, but you can, obviously, you know what they're talking about, but they're talking about midichlorian counts. And, you know, he says the M count of, uh, the subject's blood and yeah, you're like, yeah. you know, so they're even pulling stuff like that. I mean, I was, uh, i I say this tongue in cheek, but uh, I'm sort of surprised Jar Jar didn't show up you know <laughs> but uh, well, there's there's still time oh yeah I know I know and th- they may be able to pull some crazier st- I mean crazier is B Arthur still alive <laughs> um, but you know stuff that that is just stuff that you would never have thought of to include into this universe but was there you know it's just sort of like uh, the 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 troop transport you know the the stormtrooper troop transport vehicle that never showed up anywhere but it was just this toy from the 1981 or something and here it is you know so i mean just little things like that just little stuff pulling from everywhere that that he feels like so
0: the the crate dragon yeah that yeah. that was fun like that whole sequence but again it, it goes back to the whole naturalism of things, mm-hmm. you know, like they're uh, they're just there to destroy something that's going to destroy us if we don't destroy it first. Right. And, yeah. you know, it's it just the Star Wars universe. It's very much an old west kind of universe. And that's mm-hmm. uh very much at play here. You know, even though you have. More locales and more look uh, characters and stuff that aren't necessarily old west or western i should say western movie tropes it still was there it's still the man with no name going around um taking care of business um and is the western vibe is still there for sure but oh yeah um the what i'm talking about there now is you know the old west in the sense of lawlessness and, you know, they're trying to bring order to things and um, but whose order, you know, and, and there's a whole lot of lip service being given to the gray areas of the Star Wars galaxy in this series, oh, yeah. Definitely. which was interesting.
1: And uh, I think what what made it sort of real to me was, you know, you're following the Mandalorian and yeah, he's sort of a bounty hunter and he's protecting this kid and, you know, rough characters he's falling in line with. And, you know, even Boba Fett and, you know, that type of a thing. And you get to see Boba Fett in action and stuff. And he, you know, pays off his debt by, you know, making sure everything's fine between him and the boy. And then all of a sudden at the very end, the last scene, he comes in, blows away Bib Fortuna and, Sits himself down on the palace of, of Jabba the Hutt and you're just like, oh, this is a really bad guy.
0: <laughs> well, that's what can't be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. And they're Bulbethed. not shying away from it.
0: Yeah. Th- there's not a morality there. You know, he has a code, right. but okay. I wouldn't call it morality. No, not at all. They made a deal. I'm going to help you get it. I'm going to yeah. help you take care of the kid. Um. Again, I just couldn't believe, wait, they're doing this whole thing where they're going in on the, the ship and Boba Fett's not going with them. He left, you know, I want to see Boba in action again, you know, and <laughs> the action was still cool as they're running through, you know, doing their own kind of Death Star infiltration kind of thing. Um, but Boba Fett leaves and then, oh, yeah, this is why he had to leave because Luke shouldn't see him. <laughs> and yeah, because That's that's, that I'm just imagining the writers trying to figure out, well, how do we how do we work this with Boba Fett and Luke and they're in the same place? How can we do this and still fit in? You know, we're already in a a finale here that's that's 15 minutes long. And and we we don't have a lot of time here to just spend on conversations between Luke and Boba Fett. Okay, well, let's just figure out a way for the plot to make sense for him to not stay.
1: Yep. And done. (laughs) <laughs> and
0: and it actually worked. I mean, I say it like that, but it, it did work. And
1: yeah, what what did you think of Ahsoka?
0: Okay, so that was also really interesting. Again, that's all of the guest stars. You know, have something, some sort of connection to things we've seen before. It feels like for this mm-hmm. season, um, and that's again lending to the smallness of the the feeling of the smallness. But you know what? it was really cool and it made sense that she would show up because he's looking for her, you know, he's, he's looking for other Jedi yeah. and Bo-Katan would know. And that episode was really neat too. That was a really, um, again, that felt Western. It also felt like a samurai movie, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, definitely the, I mean the hidden fortress, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. It was, so. what was cool was, you know, I do, I went to the theater to see the Clone Wars movie and, you know, so she's been around for a long, long time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there are people who that's their Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, they grew up with her, you know, Luke, I grew up with him. And so seeing him in action closer to my age, you know, that's kind of cool, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, so, having Ahsoka show up, again, makes sense. There's a lot of good marketing decisions going into what's happening on The Mandalorian. I find it so interesting that people will latch on to, you know, oh, they're just making that Star Wars movie, Force Awakens, is just such a, you know, thing where they're just trying to make it for the fans and and just all the fan service. And and the difference here is, I don't know, is it quality I'm trying to figure out like is is what's the difference here for them where they're looking at this and all this fan service and I guess my fallback is they they see this as having a lot more quality to it. Yeah. And and it's not just rehashing other plots we've already seen. Even though it is rehashing other plots we've already seen, it's not rehashing all those Star Wars movies that we've seen so many times before. Right. It's rehashing those western movies that we might have seen. Yeah, here and there. and
1: Yeah, it's all different tropes. And even with the, you know, the religious stuff, it's not Jedi religion. This is Mandalorian religion. So you're getting, you know, a different sense of this is a different thing that people believe. You know, and, and you know, whenever they can do that, you get that sense that, you know, people people will latch on to whatever, whatever's out there, you know, and there's going to be deniers and there's going to be people who believe different stuff. And then, you know, there's going to be people who have that shift, you know, that some people, you know, believe one thing and then you see them three years later and they don't believe it or they believe something else, whatever, you know, but you know, when it comes to the reality, what, when it comes to the truth, you know what is it is it is it your truth or is it their truth and you know as christians we like I like I was saying we have the bible it proves itself so we don't have to worry about it but with them you know this is this is the condition of fallen humanity it's just that lostness and you know in that universe that's that's what they have
0: yeah Yeah, it's the old West, you know, (laughs) it's lawless and it's chaotic and it's, it's natural. You know, if, if this is, if we live in a world that does come from nothing, if we live in a world where God does not exist, then it makes sense for it to be okay For Grogu to eat that lady's eggs.
1: (laughs) This is what we're back to.
0: You know, it it just makes sense that, you know, yes, she has desires to have a family. Mm -hmm. But does that matter in the the grand scheme of things? No, no, it doesn't matter because she's just going to die. And her children would just die. So why not just. Let those eggs just get eaten before they have a chance to be fertilized and hatched and, and hop around the, the little room that they live in.
1: And that was a really cool thing that they did with Grogu in the, the episode where he stays with them. He gets to understand what those things really were. For him, obviously, it was food. He has no conception of something growing from one thing to another thing as far as we know. <laughs> but now he does and you know hopefully that is something that the that John Favreau will will take and play into the next thing where you know it's like he's going to see something and you know there's no obvious connection between this thing that he's looking at and this mature thing but he's going to say to himself hopefully in subtitles so we can see what he's saying that That, that, you know, he understands that this thing is, is on its way to be that thing and he's not going to, you know, do it or he's going to preserve it or, you know, whatever it's going to to do. And you'll get to see that whole fluid uh, transition from, you know, from eating the eggs to understanding the eggs as, you know, beings in, you know, in process and then now applying it, you know, to, to something bigger.
0: Here's what's interesting about the moral growth of Grogu. I agree with Luke. You know, he needs to be trained so he doesn't Mm -hmm. go bad, you know. I don't know if Luke's the guy to do it, though. Because if you look at the sequel trilogy, I I don't know if Grogu has a good ending (laughs) in sight. He was protected from the purge when, uh, when Anakin went and killed all the younglings. But, yeah. uh, you know, Luke's track record survive? with, uh, with his, his own Jedi school, not, not, yeah. not too great. His best student so, killed Han Solo. Yeah. And killed a bunch of the other students. So Not, uh,
1: hopefully he leaves before then. Maybe it's a, uh, he's on the quick track, you know, he's the fast track <laughs> Jedi.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's, uh. He's, he's he's 50, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe he's already got some credits.
1: Yeah, maybe he's that, That'll transfer like, into know,
0: this new school. And,
1: he's, like, yeah. testing out on a lot of stuff.
0: All right. Steve, I think we need to stop talking now, even though I, I'm pretty sure we could talk a little bit more, but... Yeah, we could. Um, Midichlorians.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, you know, I say that the prequels are warming up. The prequels are – I'm warming up to the prequels, I should say. And and then you say a word like that, and that's just kind of a trigger word, you know? Sorry. (laughs) All right. Final word, Steve?
1: My final word was minical.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My final word is, hey, we would still (laughs) love to hear from you about this. Um, Email us, podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can um, talk to us on Facebook, but we'd love to hear from you. So, oh, and you can also call our voicemail, I guess. I don't know if that's yeah. still in existence because nobody's used it for a long, long time. But the voicemail is one eight zero four thirty seven alien So give that a try. See if you can leave a message there or if it's going to be like a car towing service or something like that. But <laughs> I really should check on that, shouldn't I, before I speak about it out loud. But yeah. email is best, you know, podcast at strangers dot com. We'd like to hear from you more. Um, we'd actually like to read some feedback on on the, the podcast as well. And that'd be good. Yeah, I love those shows. So, hey, thanks so much for listening, though. Thanks for spending time with us. And uh, hopefully we've maybe triggered some thoughts for you to have. Um, and, you know, if we missed a great point. That we could have talked about, where you're like, you remember episode three? There was this really awesome moment where that made me think of Jonah and the whale because of the great <laughs> dragon. Actually, that's we could have talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> we could have. Not not too long. I mean, but but there, there's there's something there there that could be talked about. But anyway, um, let us know. Let us know. We'd appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a great tomorrow. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David,
1: Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Lethel.
0: We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or
1: you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash and
0: Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens Hotline. That number is one 804 37 And once again, thanks for listening.
1: Done.